Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We recommend listening to the CW pod with a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Mm. Grown, distilled, well-rested, and bottled in Erling, Iowa. Now, from the Channel Seed Studios, this is the CW Pod, fueled by Steeple Ridge. Hello, my friends. Welcome to CW Pod here on Iowa Everywhere. It is the morning of the 22nd of December. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. We are here for it on Iowa Everywhere. And I want to thank my sponsor, Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Mm-mm-mm. Last minute Christmas shopping. You can't beat going and get that loved one, a bottle of Steeple Ridge Bourbon, baby. I'm going to do that today. I got to go and buy a couple bottles for some loved ones. Uh, shout out to Pat and his lovely wife uh, from Steeple Ridge and the Lonely Oak Distillery. They are believers in what we're doing here, and we could not be more appreciative. And hopefully uh, we can help their local business grow as well. It's I'm not BSing you guys. It's an amazing, an amazing bourbon. If you can find the black label, I highly suggest it. The white label is great if you're kind of getting into it. So that would be the one for you. If you're a little more of a seasoned palate, the black, and by all means, if you can find the red too, that's that's really, really super duper good stuff. Steeple Ridge, baby. All right, so I'm going to do a little bit of a different CW pod today. I do not have a guest. For those of you who have listened to me for however long, you know that I am I'm pretty passionate about the business of of college sports. It's it was kind of out of necessity, I think when we started Cyclone Fanatic as far as the news outlet thing goes back in 2009 and what I call the big 12 missile crisis began to happen. And, you know, it was a lot of things where when you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're doing these, you just kind of have to learn it on your own, right? Like I had to learn a ton of stuff about web publishing and servers and stuff like that, that Really, I mean, if I would have gone and worked for the Ames Tribune, I would have never gotten that experience because they have people for that, right? Well, one of the things that I had to kind of become an expert in was conference realignment because it was such a, you know, fluid deal covering Iowa State and and the Big 12. Uh, If you guys remember back then, it was, well, Texas and it was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and I think Texas Tech, were they going to go to the Pac-12? And then it's been an ongoing story for the last 15 years or so. And so there's a regents meeting today or a board meeting or whatever it is at Florida State. I'm just going to assume I know what happens in that 
hence the recording of this podcast. I'm not even waiting to see what happens. They're going to make some sort of a vote to look into leaving the ACC. That is a huge, 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 huge topic. And it impacts all of our listeners. If you're an Iowa fan, it's going to impact you. If you're an Iowa State fan, I think it could impact you even more. And I want to kind of give you guys like a dummies version to this and then get into my thoughts on where I think that this could go. Because I think that this ends in more movement for the Big 12. Uh, We'll get to that. I'm less certain about the Big 10, but we'll find out. I think the Big 10 will be involved in this before, before too long. So... A couple backstories here. One, I remember back in 2012 or whenever it was, or two that it may have been 10, when the ACC signed then what appeared to be a brilliant TV deal, getting them through the year 2036, right around $30 million per school per year. And at the time, we all thought that was a no-brainer good move for the ACC because it gave them stability. At that time, we weren't thinking deeply enough about what expanded SECs and Big Tens would be able to offer their schools down the road. And so the ACC went from being like in really good shape. They've got their stability. They've got their money. And it, and it kept evolving a little bit more where, okay, the, the Big Tens got this TV contract now. They just added these schools. SEC now is adding Texas and Oklahoma. They're at this level where you have a program like Florida State and to a lesser extent Clemson. And these guys are looking around saying, okay, we're supposed to compete with these, with Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama, but we have close to half the revenue. Something has to get. That's where we're at now. Okay. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. It's not complicated. What gets complicated is that up until now, I'm all of you have heard about the grant of rights. We hear this all the time, right? So, what is the grant of rights for a for a sports business dummy out there? It's very simple. So, when when um, you watch an Iowa game and the Big Ten Network is there, the the conference has bought the rights to Iowa basketball. So then. These networks, if it's if it's in football or maybe Iowa got the Peacock game or the NBC, Iowa itself doesn't control that because they sold their media rights to the Big Ten, which then goes and cuts deals with these television partners. And then you get paid for it. That's why I got really annoyed for years when these Pac-12 schools just bitched and moan about playing at 9 o'clock at night. Well, that's kind of your place in this world, right? They're trying to get you on TV. That's what they're paying you for. That's where your value is. Until now, these these grant of rights have never been movable. They've never been touchable. And what Florida State is going to try and do is challenge that. So what's interesting here, I think, is if Florida State is successful here, I think it opens up Pandora's box for for all of these leagues. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately is at some point contraction. Yeah. Not expansion contraction, you know, and and I, I think it's even possible that we could see it with this ACC thing. 
If I'm if I'm Florida State and I'm Clemson right now, we've already seen them challenge these smaller private schools in the ACC wanting unequal revenue sharing and really going back the way it was in the late 80s and 90s with college athletics. That was back in the day when, you know, the numbers weren't very high, but I remember in the mid-2000s reporting on this, and Texas would be making $15 million a year where Iowa State was making four or five. Because back then it wasn't distributed equally. It was given to you. This was in the Big 12 at least. The Big 10, as far as I know, has always been distributed equally. It's why it's a healthier league. But we've already seen Florida State kind of challenge this with its league mates. Like, hey, if you want to keep us from raising hell, you need to pay us more. Because we're tired of funding Wake Forest football. We're tired of fund like we we're the big dogs here. Okay. All on the same page. My point being, if these grant of rights all of a sudden are not ironclad like we thought they were, at it, it, it some point, these television companies and these media entities run out of money, and we might already be there. Okay, so when Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten, they're not getting full shares. Hell, when SMU goes to the ACC next year, it's not taking any television money at all. They're being funneled by they're, they're being funded by boosters. I, I think a, there's a real chance here that down the road we see conference contraction. And that means we are ca- sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Indiana, um, Ohio State, and Michigan don't want to pay for your ass anymore. You're out. Like it's been a great. And, and listen, I know that there's more far reaching academics and th- there's all that money involved in this, but I'm looking at a world where. I'm not sure if the academics are tied to football anymore, where these are like club type teams. So then they can do whatever they want. So I'm really, really watching this because if they find a weakness in these grant of rights, then man, we may be in for a really, really long couple of years. I think we're already going to be in for a long couple of years, but that really changes things because again, it's never been challenged before. And there's never been a loophole found if they can find it. See, the thing is, so like, look at the SEC. They would never form the SEC the way that they did ever again. There's no financial need to have two Mississippi schools in one league. There's just not. There's not enough people in that state. Right. So that's kind of how you have to think through this. Like, it's like, look at the, look at the Big Ten. It's like, you got Indiana, you got Purdue, you got all these schools that really, athletically don't add much to the to the big dogs. So so how does Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan make more money? You start kicking teams out. That's how. Cuz the amount of mouths you have to feed decreases and then you get bigger chunks. So why does that matter? Because there's part of me with the playoff going to the way that it is, there there's there's part of me that's like Florida State, what are you doing? Stay in the ACC, dominate, go to the playoff every year, which it, on the surface, I think is a pretty good idea. I think Oklahoma w- was in a perfect spot in the Big 12, right? I, I understand Texas's reason for leaving more than I do Oklahoma. We, whole other conversation. Oklahoma had to go. But I think successfully wise, what they do on the field is going to be limited in the SEC. And I look at Florida State and Clemson, and I'm like, dudes, you go to the playoff every year in the ACC. Next year, Florida State's in the playoff, right? 
We all can agree on that. So why are they doing this? They are looking down the road at a time where collectives do not exist, at a time where these universities are paying the players. And that's not very far off. I would say in two to three years, that's where we're at. If you're Alabama and you have $80 million to pay uh, via TV compared to Florida State and you're getting 30, that's where the issue comes in when you're trying to compete head-to-head with these guys. That's where Florida State's at right now and why they're raising all this hell. And it's it's kind of wild, you know, that it was them getting left out of the playoff that could eventually blow all this stuff up. And the conspiracy theorist in me goes, hmm, who knew what? But I'm not going to go there. That's Denver Airport type stuff. Um, I want to talk next about a possible Big 12 scenario here. Before I do that, I want to thank my friends at the Wild Rose Casinos. Uh, they are the sponsor of Miller and Williams. No Miller and Williams this week, but just too tough with the holidays and all that stuff. We'll get back to a regular schedule. But uh, my friends at the Wild Rose Casinos in Jefferson, Emmitsburg, and Clinton have been great, loyal um, sponsors of what I've done for a really long time. Get on out there. Uh, a lot of spend your New Year's Eve at the Wild Rose Casino. How about that, baby? Yes. So this is where I'm going with the Big 12 is we've already seen this playbook. Do I think the Big 12 is going to take a serious run at Clemson and Florida State, even North Carolina or Virginia? No, I do not. Where the Big 12 comes in here is the leftovers, and there's going to be some good ones. Could you imagine a basketball-centric conference? Brett, your mark is leaning into this, adding leftovers, Duke, Louisville, Miami, and Pitt. Think about that. I think that's where this goes. And again, I'm just looking. Okay, so let's say in a perfect regional world, I don't think Florida State brings a lot to the SEC. When I, when I think about it, other than an, another major brand. But let's say that the SEC snags Florida State and Clemson. The Big Ten adds North Carolina and Virginia. Well, those other schools have to go somewhere. And they're not all going to make it. But it's it's Louisville. It's Pitt. It's Miami. And it's Duke. Don't those fit perfectly in the Big 12 with what you're just and don't think about academics for a minute because those don't matter. If academics mattered, Stanford and Cal would be in the Big 10, not Oregon and Washington. OK. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you want those powerhouses They're They may matter a smidge, but don't be all high and mighty Big 10 fan. You would have taken Stanford in a heartbeat if that's all you cared about. OK. Like these these leftover schools, much like we saw with the Pac-12, the Big 12 knew it wasn't going to get Oregon and Washington. It was always looking for the best of the rest. And I think that's the eye that Brett Yormark likely has at this point. Um, and to me, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I think this thing ends up with three 20-team leagues. Some guys get cut. And and we go from there, and that's your you know, that's your upper echelon that pays the players. We saw that court thing a couple of weeks ago. You've got your SEC, you've got your Big Ten, and you have whatever the Big Twelve ends up being. 
Your mark leans into the basketball thing even more, adds these power programs. The geographics make a lot of sense if you do that in your Brett Yormark. And and for then he could go and get his Gonzagas and he could do that type of stuff. You know, maybe he starts to chip away at some of these big E schools for basketball. I don't know. But my crystal the, the, the one question I have is what happens to Notre Dame if the ACC implodes? Because Notre Dame has a scheduling agreement with the ACC. Notre Dame houses its other programs other than football in the ACC. Where do they go if the ACC blows up? And what kind of a chip does Notre Dame have at this point, you know, to kind of throw it in there and make things interesting? What is is Notre Dame's motive? Where do they want to be? Because they are a power player that most certainly has, you know, they most certainly can put their chips in different spots and and play play power broker here a little bit. But I, I don't know where they eventually want to end up. So, again, Florida State's got this meeting today. I don't know. I, I, I think it's just a formality to say we want to look into the challenging these grant of rights. We kind of all knew this was coming. Then missing the playoffs sped things up. And... Again, I think that what happens over the next year with this case, assuming there is one, is going to be one of the great like tectonic plate shifts in the history of college athletics. Except it's all happening so quickly. That's what's crazy about it. I hope this helped. If you were confused about anything, I hope you guys enjoyed it. CW Pod, have a very happy holidays weekend. And we will, of course, be back next week. My name is Chris Williams from the Channel Seed Studios. Iowa everywhere.